Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We've got a jam-packed hour for you filled with the latest automotive information. Mm -hmm. You're going out to buy a vehicle. Hey, you want to listen up because we'll tell you about some new models coming out. And uh, certainly models that were just revealed this week. Right, Les Jackson? At the uh, Chicago Auto Show, that is. Uh, Yep. Lots of reveals. It's nice to see the show's back and shows uh, <laughs> yeah that's true no yeah opening up yep and uh, ram is opening up an electric future they want you to be part of the ram revolution we'll tell you what that is and and how you can get involved that's right and what brands are at the top of the jd power dependability study famous yearly study uh, I am always very interested in which brands are sitting at the top and, and at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the ones at the bottom are even more interesting. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah. uh, this, the brands that won, I think, not that long ago, people would have been shocked. But we'll tell you what we mean by that. And it's time for As the Tesla Turns. Play the tiny mm. violin, Les. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we always keep you up to date. What's going on uh, with Elon Musk and his merry band of electric vehicle manufacturers? Uh, right. What do we got this week, Les? Frozen door handles. <laughs> we are going to go through the ways to clear frozen door handles on Tesla's. The auto industry figured out how to take care of that about... 40 years ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, remove steering parts. Seems like a good idea. And mm-hmm. a battery the size of a soda can, which actually does seem well, like a good idea. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? Over at Alpha, mm-hmm. uh, they've revealed their compact SUV. It's called the Tonale. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually kind of attractive looking. It, you know, it's rather sleek. Yeah, I agree. And it's good to see Alpha get some uh, new content there, get some new new vehicles because their lineup yeah. was pretty thin in the U.S. And it's certainly not a bad thing for any manufacturer to have a compact SUV in their lineup. But uh, we'll talk about that, what powers it, and uh, the options available. Just released at the Chicago Auto Show, and it's a big deal for them. Plus, I'm going to have an at-the-wheel review of a very large Lexus vehicle. Uh, It's been around for quite some time. It is the Lexus GX460 Luxury Big SUV Body-on-Frame V8 Power 
yeah, they don't build them like this anymore. Well, actually, they Boy. do. <laughs> but we'll, we'll tell you about it when we come <laughs> back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. We'll be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. It's your on-air automotive magazine. And have you joined the Ram Revolution yet? <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I haven't joined yet. Uh, if I, if there's a revolution, I kind of want to know more about it. But we know all about this one, and it's all about Ram. Uh, wanting people to really get on board and understand their uh, the launch of their new uh, Ram 1500 battery electric, which of course is following behind Ford's Lightning and uh, Silverado. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, this is you can find information about this at RamRevolution.com. It's a hub that opened up this week. Uh, they hope to have this battery electric ram out by 2024. They want you to have input to it, uh, real-world input. But I'll tell you, if it's coming out in 2024, uh, the That's time for real-world real input, though, may be over because these things are designed well in advance, aren't they? Well, yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of a... You know they're kind of behind the curve on this one. Mm -hmm. So uh, I am I'm totally confident it'll be good. Yeah. When it comes out. Yeah. Uh, but I can see where they want to build up a bunch of enthusiasm for it over the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, they'll know what mistakes, if any, Ford and Chevy have made. Yeah. Uh, Ram, you know, makes an impressive truck. Yeah. It's debuting the real, the Ram Real Talk Tour, year-long conversations with consumers at various events to better understand the next generation of Ram trucks. Um, interesting concept to get people excited about it, but uh, you know, let's face it, this thing is well into development by now. Um, but I think it's a good idea uh, it's to raise awareness of it coming, don't you? Well, yeah, uh, you know, if you if you look back, um, you know, at early two thousands, the Ford Thunderbird launch, a lot of teasing for a year, a long time, uh, then a, then a delay yeah. for another couple of years. Yeah, uh, but the teasing helps. You know, you, you, the Bronco, same oh, thing. It really helped the Bronco. I mean, that that you know what yeah. happens nowadays is people start forming groups online groups and forums and things and the chatter begins and then probably there's somebody in those forums that leaks a little something to you know just kind of get gain interest or get more interest going right that's right so, you build enthusiasm yeah you build enthusiasm, and it works and it, uh, works. it, it and it, it it's name recognition it keeps you in people's minds yes exactly well, let's talk about name recognition when it comes to J.D. Power's vehicle dependability study. And you want your name at the top of this and you want it to be recognized. And not so long ago, these 
results would have been, uh, you know, earth-shaking, I'll say, in the automotive industry. That's right? correct. Uh, I'll, I'll just hasten you back to the days, the early days of Kia and Hyundai, and these were just sort of one step above Yugos when they came out, weren't they? They were, uh, they were cheaply made. Uh, cheap price. They were designed for the um, the very lowest end of the automotive market for the uh, their entire marketing to get into the U.S. This is back in the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, kind of uh, was was to get into the uh, what did they call them subordinate subordinate loan market. All um, right, and they and they were kind of for people that. Hey, I could buy a used car, but I could get a new one for this right. price, for the same price. Well, Kia, Genesis, and Hyundai earned the top three of four rankings for uh, the JD Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study. Buick and Toyota were the other two brands that made the list with the fewest reported problems in three years of ownership. So how how far have they come, huh? Amazing. Well, you know, when they came back in in the early to mid early two thousands, uh, with their ten year warranty, um, and their quality really started showing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the JD Power study. It's in its thirty. 30- Thirty third year, and it's been uh, kind of reimagined to include all the features and technologies that are in vehicles, and it covers one hundred and eighty four specific problems across nine major vehicle categories, including climate, driving assistance, driving experience, exterior features, infotainment, a big one, interior powertrain. And seats. We'll have more results of this JD Power study when we come back on Cruise Control, your on air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back with more Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. My co-host in crime is Les Jackson, here to bring you a full hour of Mm -hmm. exciting automotive information, especially if you're going out to buy a vehicle, or you just want to know, hey, what are some good vehicles? That's kind of what we're talking about right now with the J.D. Power Vehicle Dependability Study. told you a little bit about it before the break. It is the 33rd year of this, and they look at a whole bunch of categories. Of course, Les, you know the biggest one that gives people uh, either satisfaction or a lack of satisfaction, especially in the first uh, year or so of ownership, is infotainment. It is constantly That's been right. a source of, uh, you know, in many cases, difficulty for people. Um and, uh, you know, I we experience a lot of these systems when we drive press cars. And my goal is to not open the owner's manual, be able to uh, connect my phone via Bluetooth, be able to use Android Auto, be able to use Apple CarPlay, uh, and not have to go into the manual. If I have to go into the manual, to me, then that's not a great system. But uh, 
Let's take a look at some of the other winners in this. We told you the big ones were Kia, Genesis, Hyundai, and then Buick and Toyota overall. Uh, owners of mass market vehicles uh, have experienced fewer problems. Uh, the average of 190 problems per 100 vehicles, which is lower than the premium brands. So the mass market brands are a little bit better. As I mentioned before, infotainment systems remain the most problematic area, including Android Auto and Apple CarPlay connectivity. I've had yep. some, I've had some press cars where I just can't connect to it. I don't know what it is. Same here. I try multiple cables. If it is a wired system, I reboot my phone. I try a Apple. I, th I try uh, Android, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Uh, not enough power in USB ports. Let's like I said, USB ports have become new cup holders. You need a bunch of them. You need them everywhere. You know, inaccurate or outdated map. <laughs> That's frustrating. I've experienced that before. How about you? Yeah, you know it's happening more often. Yeah, uh, than it used to. Yeah, uh, I don't know why that is. So. This is probably a surprise to some. The most dependable model for the second consecutive year, Porsche 911. How about that? Yeah. Well, you know, they are incredibly reliable. Now, when they get a lot of miles on them, um, you know, they're going to break like any other car, but boy, are they expensive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's, let's look at some more of the um, numbers here. In the SUV segment, the highest ranked uh, Lexus NX was the highest right ranked vehicle. I actually have a GX to talk about today, but the NX was the highest ranked. Uh, and it followed by the Lincoln MKC and the Cadillac XT4. Interesting that the XT4 is always one that people say, eh, you know, I, it's not that great or whatever, but it did well in the dependability study. Yeah. In the compact SUV, Kia Sportage and Hyundai Tucson. And these are the older models for both of them. They both have newer models, uh, so that, that's, that's good news for them. Large SUVs, Chevy Suburban, body on frame. It's been around for a long time. GMC Yukon and Chevrolet Tahoe. So that is a uh, hat trick for the folks over at GM. For that, premium uh, the midsize premium SUV was the Cadillac XT5, and the highest ranked was the Lexus RX. Uh, and then small premium uh, SUV, Mercedes-Benz GLA. And the small SUV, highest ranked, Kia Soul. And weirdly, people seem to like this, but you and I didn't really get it when we drove it, but um, the Toyota C. HR. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm sure it's good. Yeah, it's a Toyota. It just wasn't I interesting. I couldn't see out of it. The, 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 yeah, the I, belt line it just didn't, way didn't up. appeal to me. Uh, and then upper midsize SUV was Kia Sorento, Dodge Durango, and Chevrolet Traverse. I've never been a fan think, of the Traverse. I thought they're kind of well, a big, boring vehicle, but maybe that's a good uh, one. It's, 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 it is big and boring, um, but I, I've met a couple people that own them, and they just love them. Now, remember, 
this this data goes back a couple of years here. So compact car was Chevrolet Cruze and Hyundai Elantra. And we're talking about the GB yeah. Power Dependability Study, by the way. Compact sporty car, Mazda MX-5 Miata, Mini Cooper, and Hyundai Veloster. You just reviewed the Hyundai. There you are. Yeah. Well, hey, it's a good machine. And and it's funny. I, I think probably what will happen is this whole large car, midsize car, midsize premium car segments will go away. Because you look at the large car was uh, Chevy Impala, no longer available. Buick LaCrosse, no longer mm -hmm. available. Dodge Charger, still here, but will be getting changes. Mid-sized Hyundai Sonata was the leader. Uh, Chevy Malibu and Kia Optima. And then the mid-sized premium car was the Lincoln MKZ and the Lexus ES. So, mid-sized sporty no cars. There. Mustang and Camaro. Just not. Mm -hmm. a, I'm not a fan of the Camaro because I can't see out of it. But. Oh, I'm not either. Um, they're, I mean, they're well put together. It's just that they're they're not enjoyable to drive. No, no, very bad visibility. Wide A pillars. Uh, yeah. Can't see out the back window. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get hate mail from the Camaro lovers. I love the V8. I love the way it, it drives. They've upgraded the interior. I think that's better, but visibility is just, it's its kind of impossible to see, and a lot of automotive journalists yep. feel that way. So really, really probably the worst vehicle to see out of. So, But uh, there you have a little bit about the uh, J.D. Power dependability study. Use it. Use that information when you're uh, going out to the dealer showroom and and just factor yeah, it but, in, right? But but not don't go until next year, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you'll be Cause. spending a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were just talking not too long ago about the uh, Chicago Auto Show, and coming up in New York, they're going to have uh, the auto show in April, April fifteenth, I believe it is. Um, and uh, I think it will actually happen this year. And one of the things that's going to be revealed is the replacement for the Hemi engine, and it is going to be, uh, if, if our intelligence is correct, it will be a straight-six turbocharged engine. And that's kind of been one of the stories here on Cruise Control, the return of the inline-six. Uh, I think it started kind of started with the mercedes where they brought it back, and then uh, it's going to continue on uh, with uh, probably we'll first see this engine in the uh, in Jeeps. Our, our friend uh, Jim Morrison has been uh, saying, uh, he said to someone, uh, they asked him, well, are you replacing the Hemi with a six-cylinder? He says, are you coming to New York? <laughs> Which sounds like something Jim would say. It's like, yep. like saying it without saying it. That's the that's yep. the thing. Well, it's uh, you know the six is the most naturally balanced engine. Yeah, smooth. So smooth, torquey. Yeah, I, and I think it can be packaged in to the existing vehicles, and uh, because you know really when you look at the Wagoneer and the Grand Cherokee and all those. You got to get some better mileage factored in there. Uh, yep. They sell a lot of them, and the cafe restrictions are coming up, so they've got to do a better job on the mileage. 
and it's not really yeah it has hammies the jeep have has hammies and that's cool and all but most people are not really buying it for the hemi they're just buying it for the power if they can get that in a smaller package hey and better fuel economy it's all good hey i'm fred staub he is les jackson you're listening to cruise control we will be right back so stay tuned We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. We're uh, rolling through, well, an awful lot going on in the industry. And, of course, the Chicago Auto Show is going on right now. Yeah. And you got uh, some uh, new vehicles being revealed, right? Yep. So uh, let's talk about one of them. It comes from Alfa Romeo. We don't really see a lot of new vehicles from Alfa, but uh, we got one, the Tonali. We were, uh, we were talking about what's the right way to say this. Yes. Is it the Tonal uh, well, they, or the Tonali? They, they want it to, to be the Italian uh, pronunciation Tonali. Yeah. I love the wheels on this thing. We've seen the wheels on other alphas. I'll call them uh, phone dial wheels because it looks like you could put your finger in them and turn them around. Yeah. I think it's a, a cool design. This is a compact SUV. And certainly that is a sweet spot for anyone to have to have this in their lineup. Uh, it was uh, based on a 2019 concept. And these are state-of-the-art plug-in hybrid electric vehicles in a small package. I, I, this is exciting. They have an all-wheel drive with a six-speed automatic transmission with a 15.5-kilowatt lithium-ion battery, 90-kilowatt electric motor, and a 1.3-liter turbocharged four-cylinder, 272 horsepower, and electric that's, range of 30 miles. That's getting up there. <clears throat> that's pretty yeah. nice. That's pretty nice. Now, if you need more, they have a two-liter turbocharged four, the big block, as you would say, with a nine-speed automatic transmission and 256 horsepower and 295 pound-feet of torque. Actually, it's a little less powerful. But torquey. But torquey, you know. Um, me, I'd probably opt for the less speeds in the, in the uh, transmission. You know that? I'd rather go for the six-speed versus the nine. I, I would, too. Um, I'm finding these nine-speed transmissions just just uh, wander between gears too much. Yeah. So it is the first car in the market. Now, I don't claim to be an ex expert on this, but it is equipped with an NFT, a non-fungible token digital certificate based on blockchain technology and uh, it certifies the car upon purchase that evolves to re represent its use during the car's life cycle with major benefits in terms of protecting residual value. I have no idea what that means to you. Um, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to try to sound intelligent on this. I'm just going to say I give up. Uh, uh, 
Fungible it's, sounds like we're talking about mushrooms or something, doesn't well, it? Well, fungible, I, that, I know that word. Okay. <laughs> uh, that means variable according to so uh, outside influences. So that means holds its value. It's not going to change. Somehow. Right. Okay. Well, let's get back to stuff we understand. Uh, this comes standard with Uconnect 5 on the 10.25-inch screen and a 12.3-inch driver's cluster screen, which is the best-in-class offering. Yep. Uh, and then uh, they are standard wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which is nice, and uh, adaptive cruise control, traffic sign recognition, intelligent speed assist, blind spot, uh, and a rear cross-traffic path detection, which, by the way, is excellent to have. Uh, available level two autonomy with traffic jam assist, a frequency selective damping suspension, uh, and it will be available in three models, the Sprint, the TI, and the, what would you say, Veloce? Veloce. Well, Veloce, of course, is always there. <clears throat> yeah, it's like range. Quattrofolio for the, uh, for the sports cars. Yeah. So... This is an exciting little platform, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, Alphas are always great fun to drive. Yeah. And I like the size of it. I like that it, they're all plug-in hybrids. Um, and I think this will uh, – it's pretty exciting. It looks great with the wheels and all that. Of course, that uh, the top-of-the-range one is going to look better than the others. And the, you know me, a plug-in hybrid system, to me – is the way to go right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so we will have uh, more discussion about the Alfa Romeo Tonale. Um, don't sing that song. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sing. Just sit there quietly with your non fungible <laughs> token <laughs> and watch it That's be it. non fungible. As a public service, <laughs> I'm not going to sing. All right. Good. Good. That sounds good. But uh, yeah, there you have it. That big news. Uh, I think it's time for as the Tesla turns <laughs> another yes. look into um, the world of Teslaisms. And of <laughs> course, we always get some mail. People say, "Oh well, you know, you guys are making fun of Tesla." We're not because we're also highlighting good stuff. So this this has one not so bad thing, one kind of bad thing, and one really good thing in this in this segment. So, yeah. So, Les, uh, we're going to start with this. Of course, Tesla has those door handles that sort of present to you. They're flat against the side of the car. We've been having a pretty cold winter, especially in the Northeast, and those doors have been freezing shut. So much so mm -hmm. that people are going online and showing you their various approaches to banging on the side of the door to get the door handle to pop out. And one guy calls it the caveman approach. And even in even in the uh, owner's manual, they have a video showing how to bang on the door to get to get the ice to break out, which I think is pretty funny. Uh, uh, may I may I suggest that you can remote start it? Mm -hmm. Warm it it's up. It's an electric. It's an electric car that'll warm up instantly. Uh huh. And let it run the uh, HVAC nice and warm for 20 minutes before you go outside, and it, 
the doors will open. I think that's a great idea. But unless um, you want to do the caveman pounding on the door thing, you know. That's never a good idea. And people still do this. Don't do it. And that's they, they heat up a kettle of water. Oh, no. And then they pour it, you know, down the down the door gap. And that is not good. No. So that is one our first story. And the next story, as the Tesla turns, is a little bit weirder. Tesla secretly, according to this article that uh, I believe came initially uh, from CNBC, that Tesla allegedly removed one of two electronic control units used in the steering racks of Chinese-built examples of Model 3s and Model Ys in order to reach the end-of-year production goals. So they didn't have a lot of parts, so they just said, we're just going to put one of them on there. This information came to CNBC apparently from two employees and internal correspondence. What's weird about this is these electric motors are provide feedback field to the, to the uh, driver, but they don't really control the steering per se, and only one of them is used, but the second one can be used if you opt for down the line when it becomes available – full self-driving capability. We'll just that's the term they use. So they're building this into vehicles, these two uh, motors. One would one is fine for everyday use um, and it's just providing feedback to the steering. but the second one would be used when you when they would update the car with software that would theoretically allow it to become an autonomous vehicle. Problem is, what if you want to order that software down the line later on? <laughs> it, it's sort of like what's happening with other vehicles. You know, hey, there's no backup assist here anymore. Can I put that on? Can I add electric seats in when the chips become yeah, available? Well, right? no. Probably not. And then the final thing that I think was kind of interesting is Tesla has uh, talked about this battery this uh, battery, they call it the 4680 battery cell. It's about the size of a can of soda. And it's going to be a big advance for Tesla vehicles because it will take up less space, which means you'll have more room for um, storage in their vehicles. And it is more energy de dense. And uh, it's only about 1.8 inches in diameter and 3.1 inches high and can hold five times more energy than the aftermentioned 81865 and 2170 cells that are currently are being produced by Panasonic for Tesla. Interesting, right? Well, that's that's a um, good thing. I think that's, that's monumental. Thing. The fact is, if you have five times the energy, um, then you can, you know, you have two ways you could go. You can greatly reduce the weight. Uh, by putting fewer of these batteries in it or more batteries uh, for like a thousand mile range. Absolutely. Hey, we'll talk about this and more when we come back in an at the wheel review on cruise control. Stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. 
And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. We are talking about an at-the-wheel review, Les Jackson. And that is the Lexus GX460 Luxury. I had the um, good fortune to check this vehicle out for a week and uh, talk a little bit about it. It is one large... SUV. Of course, uh, it is a body-on-frame SUV. It's got a 4.6-liter V8 engine, 301 horsepower, six-speed automatic transmission, full-time, four-wheel drive. And it is like going back 10 years, and what SUVs used to be is a good reason for that. It hasn't had a, a big refresh since 2010. But they've kind of kept it fresh by adding in things, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. They've added in a lot of different controls and things to the vehicle along the way. Traditional, that's what this thing is, traditional. Body on frame, six-speed auto, 4.6-liter V8 engine. Mileage uh, is way down, 15-city, 19-highway. <laughs> oh. I mean, this is what... This is what we used used to be the standard pickup truck, yeah. standard um, SUV. I mean, this was this was what we we knew. Uh, and in the case of this GX, uh, they're still there. But the thing is, and a lot of people always ask me, well, is is the GX the Land Cruiser, right? Because the Land Cruiser is renowned. Uh, people love them in like Saudi Arabia and that they drive them through the deserts and they're indestructible. And yes and no, the uh, LX is based on the full-size Land Cruiser. This was the GX. It's based on the Land Cruiser Prado, which is not sold here in the U.S. So really, it is a gussied-up Land Cruiser with all the options. Now, this was a 2022 model. And there's not a heck of a lot new in the 2022 model. Uh, matter of fact, uh, it has a GX Blackline Special Edition available in Starfire Pearl, Black Onyx, and Nori Green Pearl. Ours did not have that. And then they have a refined center console with an updated 10.3-inch multimedia touchscreen with Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and Amazon Alexa integration. These are all things that should be in a vehicle of this caliber and this price range. And uh, the good thing about this thing, since it is, you set up very upright inside it, and uh, the rear glass is huge, the visibility is the best of any SUV i found. Of course, the rear gate kind of swings out like a... Uh, uh, well, sort of like uh, uh, one of the old tailgates on a uh, family cruiser. Uh, I'm not yeah, really or sure. Or a de delivery van. Like a delivery van. I'm not really sure what that brings to the party. And there's a giant gas-charged rod that makes it happen, and it will hmm. push it out and almost knock you over. On the inside, uh, very luxurious. Uh, there's the uh, touchscreen. They still go with the touchpad as well. What's weird, though, is a lot of the controls are almost underneath the steering wheel. They've been added in, things like the heated steering wheel and that. And uh, as I said, they kept with that trackpad for your finger, which is sort of uh, old school. There's even an old school 
uh, Toyota style um, cruise control and the flip up cup holders in the back, the loop cup holders, definitely brings me back in time to 10 years ago or so. But a lot of people like that, and these things sell well. But uh, there's big changes on the horizon. V8 is going to go away. It's going to be a couple of different V6s, and it's going to be a completely new vehicle. But for now, we figured we'd review the one that you can buy. Tons of room in the back, although very old school. Spare tire mounted beneath the floor outside, just like old pickup trucks would do. Um, on the inside, though, complete luxury, high-end finishes, uh, comfortable seats. As I said, very upright seating, short dash, sort of truck-like. So it, it feels, in a sense, I think of it as a G-Wagon. You know, the G-Wagon was a military vehicle that was updated. And this is sort of the same feel that it, it has. Uh, like, for example, uh, to put it in all-wheel drive, you have to push the button that's under the steering wheel. I was in some snow. Once I found that, the thing would climb up a wall. But before pushing that locker button, uh, you couldn't get through the snow. But uh, it's like a vehicle like they've added things onto. But yet, people love them. People love them. Now, it doesn't come cheap, Les Jackson, uh, mm. for all this heft. Uh, ours had a base price of 64935 uh, Then we popped for the Mark Levinson 17-speaker surround sound system with an automatic sound levelizer. That was $1,145. Uh, a DVD CD player for $800. I don't know if that Whoa, will get wait a lot a minute. of... Will that get Nobody, a lot of use? I don't think so. Nobody's using those anymore. No. Uh, multi-terrain monitor. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, the sport design package with 19-inch dark gray metallic alloy wheels, tilt slide captain's chairs, unique lower grill surround front and rear bumper spoilers. That was $2,020. Copperdid cargo mat, $140. Tow hitch with ball mount, $655. Tow hitch uh, with ball mount, I guess, again. <laughs> uh, hmm. was uh, 75 cargo net 25 and uh, scarlet taillights that's interesting scarlet taillights anyway that brings it up to 69,795 you throw in the destination of 1,075 you get up to $70,870 now the mileage uh, well 15 city 19 highway uh, and 16 miles was the aggregate number. You burned 6.2 gallons per 100 miles, and it was thirsty, <laughs> and you're supposed to use premium in it. It, is, uh, it yep. is an expensive vehicle to run. Annual fuel cost, obviously, when this Monroney was printed, it's probably different now, but annual fuel cost was $2,750. <laughs> So, uh, if you like tradition, this might be the vehicle for you, but you gotta, you gotta pay for that tradition, Les Jackson, uh, because this 4.6 liter V8 engine likes to eat and it likes to eat a lot of fuel. Well, yeah, these, this is just, uh, an expensive vehicle to, to own. Um, but if you need it, if you, if you're, 
you know, whatever, whatever your needs are, if you need one, they're incredibly reliable. Yeah. And once I found that four by four locker, I went up about a foot and a half of snow. I was able to drive up a driveway with about a foot and a half of snow. Before that, before I didn't look under the steering wheel, uh, then I had to, you know, it was a struggle. This is another weird yeah. option. Key gloves. <laughs> Key gloves, $25. What the heck is a key glove? <laughs> Do you know what a key glove? I don't. I have no idea no. what that is. I'm still trying to figure out the two tra two trailer hitches. <laughs> That's right. Maybe one one front and one back. Are you <laughs> So, so there you have it. Uh, if it's something that appeals to you, that's great. The new model will be coming along, smaller engines, different platforms, still body on frame. But remember, if you wanted to order a Land Cruiser, the Toyota version of this, if you were outside of the U.S., they said it was something like a four-year four wait for a new vehicle. So maybe you might want to go with this one that is available now. So there you have it. That is the Lexus GS460 Luxury. We hope you've enjoyed that at the wheel review and the rest of the Cruise Control Show. It's time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.